last time on Dice Funk. And as he grumbles to himself, he looks up just in time to see the uh, the trepidation drill come in and catch him uh, pretty roughly on the cheek, uh, casting him onto the ground unconscious for the time being. This village was founded by people who were not safe elsewhere. There are many people outside this village who would see it destroyed. So why would you rig a sortition then? I have seen the minds of the people who live here. Some of them are filled with darkness. Some of them are filled with ambition. If I recall, it was Master Voya's idea. The only conclusion I can think of is that the obelisk is built from the engine that used to be in Marina's ship. And that's why this key was what works for it, because it used to be the key to the engine when it was in Marina's ship. <laughs> the genius wishes to harness the power of the machine! And I've worked on a failsafe for the good neighbors, just in case they aren't ready yet. Neelith in Infernal is going to shout at the governor. I don't know if you know this. Your becoming the governor was rigged. Uh, I guess in accordance with the rule of law, I'm going to need to step down as governor, as is tradition. There will be a three-week period of transition, uh, and then we will decide a new governor by sortition. When you say they've become one with the obelisk, does that mean Kaboom and Kablam are also invincible, or are they the same as they were before? Yeah, <laughs> so they can be defeated in combat, but they will simply return to the monolith and take like a couple of days to regenerate. They're not alive. They are they are magic. Why don't we repair damages that are done? If we would be the ones who would find someone who has killed your brother or stolen your cabbage, why aren't we the ones who put a window back in or help to put a window back in? I will take responsibility for Ruth's actions going forward. Ruth, I trust that you will come to me if there is anything that I can do to subvert whatever is coming. Consensual hive mind. Yes. <laughs> I petition the machine and network in, and my little tendrils go across into everybody's ears. So the centipedes like feet more because they have more feet, or would they they'd be over they'd be like feet? Who cares? Well, they do have the instinct to want to mate, so I would say there's something. Maybe they have a fetish for smells? I don't know how centipedes choose mates. If if there's any animal that's gonna have a foot fetish, I think it's the centipede, because like most species are attracted to the features of the species that they already have, and there's got to be some reason they've got that many legs, and I think it's because, like, they, they just... I, I'm, I'm going to say that centipedes aren't into the the, the number of feet. It's, it's got to be good, high-quality feet for a centipede. Huge disagree. 
Now, now I'm going to provide a non-scientific answer here that I think will be more accurate. Um, I think what happens is that it's like photography, right? A photographer takes lots of pictures in the hopes that one of them is actually good. Centipede oh. have many feet in hopes that one of them is actually good enough to draw attention from someone else. I think it's the number of feet. They're like, whoa, look at all those feet. They've managed to keep the feet. I think if a centipede could like feet, they would find themselves blessed because of how relatively small they are to most animals. It would be like if you got to just live in a giant genital kingdom. Do you guys know that like there used to be six foot long centipedes during that one era where there was a lot of oxygen in the world? No, thank you. Also, when I was in Puerto Rico, there was a giant centipede behind me and I was do- washing dishes. It was huge. Mm. Literally foot long. Look up Puerto Rican centipede. Mm-mm. They fight snakes. Why am I looking this up? You want what you can't have. Therefore, it is my supposition that snakes actually have the most and fish. dire <laughs> foot fetishes. I, I, I hate to tell you this, but in researching here, I have stumbled upon a BBC article about animals <laughs> that have kinks. Um, giraffes, giraffes tell have, me everything. Giraffes have piss-drinking fetishes. Oh, oh, I actually, I actually yes. knew that. They, ta- they taste, I think. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. That's, you have, like, good genes. Yeah, they're like, hey, hey, I want to know if I want to fuck you. Let me get a good sip of that. Amazing. So for the audience, this all started because before the recording, we were talking about insects, and I said, oh, they must not ever uh, get horny and have kinks, which is, like, the ideal life, and I wish I was free from this prison. <laughs> well, I thought you were saying that no one would have a centipede fetish, and I thought... No, there there must be someone. There there is, and then I googled it. There is a type of beetle that is more attractive to beer bottles than it is to other beetles of its species. Well, yeah, there's a classic problem in ostrich farming. Yes. Where ostriches are more attracted to human women, I believe, than other ostriches. I believe. No, that's that's a real but thing. That does prove my idea that aliens are coming for our <laughs> women. So. Well, even before that, it came from uh, because my character for next season is a, a a bartender who is a centipede who loves feet. So I hope you all enjoy that when that happens. See, now Austin can never escape this. <laughs> There's still time to change your mind. No. I th- feel like I'm locked in now. It's in the podcast. This, this conversation has set it in stone. There's no one doing what we've done here. This is only to haunt you. That other character I told you, Austin, that was just for a bit. It's the centipede. It's the feet-loving centipede now. Okay, so from the audience's perspective, it's been two weeks since you heard the players' voices, so let's get back on the, pa- the same page real quick. Does anybody have any questions about the resolution of the last arc? Uh, the Geniuses Workshop is now a constantly shifting uh, set of Lego blocks, uh, you know, with the, the spire, with the monolith sticking out of it. Uh, it's not a danger to anyone, but it is just uh, constantly moving like the gears in the dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Gigi is called for new election, or, or they're not votes. Gigi has called for a new sortition in a couple weeks, and this downtime we are doing now will will occur during that frame of time. So if anybody wants anything there, I I want to double check something that I didn't miss it during the uh, the, the the previous episode that went between the lo- the last one we did. Um, was it explained in that episode? Like, hey, we know that the genius has has hopped five years into the future. Did we get an explanation of how the other time travel nonsense going on occurred? Yeah, the uh, the sigil 
the the glyph that was taken from Potter's door opens portals, and the machine can uh, bend time and space. So together you get uh, portals to different times and spaces. Mm. Uh, but between the Baku using it, between the genius using it, and between Shoko using it, the sigil has been destroyed, mm -hmm. uh, overloaded. And so now time travel is off the table for the foreseeable future. Uh, I mean, just peek behind the curtain. Uh, your dungeon master, Austin Yorsky, has no plans to incorporate any more time travel because it gets very confusing and hard to track. Yep. Uh, but that was an element of Indeed. Chris's character that I had to honor, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's fair. Okay. Oh, and the vision that Very had has not been explained. Correct. Yeah, there's ambiguity. Is he really getting visions from gods? Is he insane? <laughs> so what's happening there? <laughs> okay, cool. The the only other question I have, and this is going back to the um, Governor GG, we need to we need to hold to, to hold a trial. The genius is evil, etc. Thing that happened. Did Governor Gigi, am I making this up, or did Governor Gigi outright say, if not imply, that like the genius had done a much more considerable assault, uh, like physical assault on them, than an atomic wedgie? Uh, yeah, so I, I think there's an open question of how uh, much Gigi overreacted. Are they, uh, you know... I don't want to tell you how to identify the, the, the genius and the governor who are two really messy, morally complex mm -hmm. characters. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think uh, while the, the governor was telling the truth under zone of truth that he was assaulted and battered by the strict def definition of those tort claims. True. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the, to the average person that may have seemed like an exaggeration having now received a vision of what was a wedgie. Well, I mean, there is there isn't actually a more serious assault than an atomic wedgie that's why they call it a tonic yeah um i i it'll also though this reminds me of my time doing volunteer work at the game developers conference um where we're told explicitly that if someone's trying to go into a room they can't go in you can't reach out and like grab their shoulder to keep them from entering a room because that's battery outright oh wow um <clears throat> physical con physical contact is all is really required for battery yeah. Like, if, obviously, if you don't have real damages, there's no real point in suing someone because you, you get zero dollars for being right. Right. Uh, I guess you pay legal fees, but that is the de 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 the definition. So oh, a wedgie, a, a wedgie definitely does meet the 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 definition of of assault because you can do some real damage to anyone who is a testicle haver with a wedgie. Like actual serious damage can be done. Mm. No, well, that did happen to a kid I went to school with in high school. Like, I think. I don't know if this was one of those things where they exaggerated, but I was told he popped a testicle when they gave him a wedgie so intense. It could have just been like he got hurt really bad, and then everyone was like, he, his balls exploded. <laughs> but I was that's what I was told. But I know he did have to go to the hospital. Jeez. Austin, you'll have to correct me on this. Isn't even just the threat of a wedgie technically assault at that point there? Isn't that the case? Or Correct. Yeah, so like the threat is assault, and then the actual contact is battery. And that's the distinction between the two. You can assault someone with a threat? Yes. Assault is a threat. Uh, a threat is assault. Yes. Well, I have a lot of internet comments I would like to charge with assault, please. Right. Same. <laughs> Jesus. Wouldn't it be great if wouldn't it be great if law enforcement took those seriously? 
mm. did their you know job. Isn't that kind of what the season's about? Or just bare minimum, <laughs> like the platform that those comments are on did their job, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're doing. That's what the season's about, really, is uh, holding internet commenters accountable. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, so 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 are you telling me that Grendel is like a social media platform? Is that what this whole thing is? Oh my god, and, no! And, and the voice watch is just a moderator team. Is that all no. this is? The genius is Mark Zuckerberg. No. Oh no. <laughs> The app Grendel doesn't have any E's though. It's just Grendel. <laughs> Grendel? No! Grendel. Um, Alright, so who wants to go first? I think I believe we're at level eight, which is we're getting up there. Y'all are getting strong. I got summon steed. It's gonna be disgusting. <laughs> Let's actually start with Sophie, because uh since you have to play a little bit of catch up, you actually have two scenes planned. And I will remind everyone that this is not uh, a meaningless choice. Mm-hmm. Going on behind the scenes at all times, the NPCs are doing their own thing. And not engaging with that will have consequences. For example, you may have noticed during the trial, uh Farmer Applewhite was very frustrated. And that's because when the Tulpas attacked, nobody checked on her. And then when the good neighbors attacked, Nobody checked on her. So if you think if you're a citizen in a small village, you might be feeling neglected if twice in a row now uh, nobody has uh, checked on your well-being when lethal things are happening. So that's an example of uh, ignoring NPCs going forward. I'm getting the vibe that you've played Pathologic, Austin. (laughs) Uh, I love when games aren't fun. That's one of my favorite things. (laughs) Oh, same. (laughs) Uh, so, Philippa. Yeah, it's it's not much uh, is different uh, on this level, but I get an extra spell slot at level four, uh, which I haven't like assigned any other spells, uh, any other level four spells to, uh, for me to be you know carrying around, um, because like doing anything at level four spell is pretty powerful, and so like a lot of my spells that I could do higher level, I just I might just use those. Um, and I got to increase some stats. And I thought about what Philippa has done since she arrived. And to me, it seemed like compared to where she was before, her biggest thing would be like socializing with people in a different way. And she did a lot of spell casting. And so I increased wisdom and charisma. I thought that was a good reflection of the role playing that's been done, uh, 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 you know, that this level up applies to. And that's really all the changes. Yeah, I was looking at fourth level druid spells, and one of them is Ice Storm. Mm. And I'm trying to imagine a more redundant use of the D&D ability this season. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so I have you down here. Philippa is spending your first t- downtime scene with Marina. You, uh, you know, you made a little date, a cape, da- a cape date. That was harder to say. A cape date. Like, you know what I'm saying. Uh, so why don't you paint me a picture of that? Um... Yeah, I mean, I kind of, well, Uno reverse card, like, uh, we <laughs> leave off from, like, slime downloading knowledge into our heads. Is this an immediate thing, or are we just sometime later? Uh, no, this downtime episode is meant to bridge the gap of the three weeks to the next sortition. So this is just at some point. Yeah, any time in there. And in fact, I, th- I would like, you know, if possible, some focus on the restorative work the Moist Watch does. Uh, to essentially indemnify Grendel for the genius of Grendel's uh, misdeeds, because that was the agreed upon, yeah. you know, sentence, if you will. Well, but... I've I've been thinking about that a bit too. So with that in mind, I think that Philippa would come round uh, with uh, with Nobi, uh, sort of, you know, in, in tow, um, and be saying like, um, 
Hey, Marina, I am... Um, I, I was looking around town because uh, we needed to do a survey of uh, people who or things that have been damaged by the good neighbors and uh, similar things to this. And um, yeah, I, I just needed to know if you were experiencing damages that we could help with. Yeah, you, so you enter Marina's shop and say that, and Marina, who is a, a denizen, is her species, not a D&D &D species, just to remind the audience it's been a while. Four arms, cat eyes, uh, scales from the neck down, uh, described by their creator, Conrad Zimmerman, as being like <laughs> David Bowie and the man who fell to Earth. Wow. When he is uh, revealed, as, revealed as an alien. Uh, so she is looking into uh, what Slime identified <laughs> as the engine room of her store and so she's like she's like looking in there uh considering what has been taken out and she says i don't know what any of that's worth can do you think shoko would pay me back or i guess the moist watch pay me back for taking my engine what is that word i don't oh that's um let's see um i think that's some kind of mechanical contraption uh do, do you want it I mean, I wasn't using it, but I think it must be valuable if people took it. You you know Shoko lives in a big pile of garbage. So I'm probably going to get garbage out of this then. Um, well, it's what she has to give. And also, um, you know, th she likes garbage is what I'm thinking. So it, you can try, but, uh, you know. I guess. Do, do you have any decorating ideas? Is there anything I put in here? Spice it up a little bit now that my stuff's gone? Uh, what what does Marina's shop kind of kind of look like? Oh, oh, sorry, what does the engine room specifically kind of look like? Is it just emptied out of an engine? Is it just a, a hollow space? I'm picturing, you know, in uh, Mass Effect, uh, where there's that kind of uh, closet where you know, the, I guess Liara is. Are you talking about one, two, or three? Because Liara has different places. Yeah, I know. I re I just realized that and was like, oh, I have to fucking rephrase that because Mari's <laughs> gonna jump down my throat. Um. I haven't played the game in so long because I'm so bitter yeah. about the ending, but I still have I it memorized. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess a better way was I think the uh, engine room that Tally uh, maintains in. She maintains the engine room in one, but she also maintains it in two. <laughs> However, Liara, she has her own little back office where she stalks you in. Okay, I'm fucked. I can't get. I can't escape this metaphor. It's just. It's. It's smaller than you would think. It's not a huge. It's not like um in Star Trek where like there's an entire sure, floor sure, sure. of uh -huh. the ship. You're talking about one then, because she had a very small <laughs> engine room in one. Okay. Yeah. I, I should know this. She is my legal wife. So. Traded <laughs> oh. <laughs> spit. You merged your immu immune systems with her. Wow. <laughs> get in line. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. I I mean, it's kind of an asked and answered thing. Like, uh, I don't think that um, uh, uh, Philip is going to be looking at this with a technical eye in the slightest. So she, like, as as Marina's asking, like, what could I do with this room? Like, she's just going to be like, well, it's it's not very big. I guess, um, what uh, kind of rooms does a tailor need? Maybe you could use it for storage? You know, I've got a storage room. There's a, a room in here that's like, it was full of beds. Took those out. Uh, that's where I keep all my equipment and so forth the storage room now i don't know why you would have a beds in a sh in a shop doesn't make much <laughs> sense whoever owned this before was weird yeah maybe you could um if we use the extra space maybe you could expand from capes to hats or or um she looks shocked oh. like you just said something like profane and she's like <laughs> 
haberdashery is a is a, a completely different field. How, Philip? <laughs> I thought I thought you were cultured. How <laughs> oh, how I'm, could I'm you? So- I'm sorry, my understanding was that a capitalist business needs to expand uh, constantly or else it dies. But if you uh, want to just stick to the one niche, that also is a viable business plan. This is a socialist country or town. We have kind of a mixed planned economy. During the summer, uh, we do (laughs) do capitalist business to raise funds from the travelers. But then during the winter, we do... Oh, uh, we're essentially communist with ourselves. It's we we have uh what you, what you might say uh, Grindelian characteristics <laughs> see, in our Marxism. Well, um, <laughs> in that case, I mean, just use it for things you want to keep secret, which would be my suggestion. Most people don't seem to notice this little room. So, uh, do you have any things that you want to keep secret? Um, well, if I did, I wouldn't tell you. I'm just trying to come up with ideas for you. You do have like a a a, 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 a scandalous costume or a um a skeletons in your closet or some things like this. Philip, what are you gonna suggest next? I I cobble some shoes, girl. You are you are you're a wild one. You're fire. You're fiery today. I thought you were fired today. It's just like I don't even work for. I don't even work here. Not with that attitude. Coming in here with all this salacious, uh, I with all these salacious ideas. But you're right. I guess I will keep. I'll keep the gimp suits in here. I think that'll probably make everyone more comfortable. That's probably a good idea. That's not not everybody's cup of tea. Mm. <laughs> Although I do support kink at Young Day. I think that's important. <laughs> well, it's kind of fundamental to the purpose of Young Day, and if we didn't have it there, then uh, everybody else would get too comfortable and the entire purpose would be lost. But maybe that's a discussion for another day. Um, oh, do you want a cape? Uh, <laughs> we, we had a cape date. I, I forgot. We were You were going to make me a very fancy cape. Uh, so in much the same way that visiting Hale can get you an assortment of magic items, uh, mostly offensive, uh, Marina uh, will supply you with equipment, mostly defensive, armor and boots and capes oh. and so forth. Um, what kind of uh, boni- bonuses, boni, uh, <laughs> would you be interested in for your cape, which is canonically part of your character forever, and, and that must be included in all fan art? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Think carefully about this cape. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd like it to have a pattern of S- Steve Harvey's face. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> what do we? Um, I have a licensing <laughs> rights. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I feel the thing is, Philip hasn't actually like taken much damage or anything like this. So I feel like honestly, like if there was a way that it could like just aid in either stealth or like general spell casting like those are the kind of ways that i'd be looking for a bonus because like i don't think that yeah philip has like taken enough damage in battle or things like this to yeah be looking for straight defensive kind of stuff yeah i would be very down with advantage on stealth the whisper silk cloak uh something like that yeah maybe yeah maybe she's like uh I want it to have a really, really fancy lining, so it's really impressive when I open it up. Uh, but on the outside, I want it to be very plain, so I can actually slip by unnoticed. In fact, I want it to help me to stealthily 
uh, maneuver in and out without being seen. There'd be a cloak in the cloak of elven kind, or at least a variation of that, um, because it makes people's perception when the when the cloak is up. When the hood is up on the cloak, people have disadvantage to make perception checks to see you, and you have advantage on stealth checks. Oh. And then we pull the hood okay. down, it no longer does that. So it's like... Well, it's very innocuous normally, right? So you can sneak around, but then when you're ready to go action mode, it unfolds and Steve Harvey's face is there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not Steve Harvey! I think... I, I, think, I think in more seriousness that the... the that like uh in keeping with like the circle of the shepherd and like philippa's nature leaning druid stuff the 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 patterning on the inside and this i'm purely speaking for, for fan artists right now would be much more <laughs> like uh some kind of like really intricate like a uh, uh, forest big tree kind of like mural of stitching like it's um you know the way that a tree can be like fractal in pattern because of all the branches and leaves and and flora um it would be kind of something like that just very like the the like uh like looking into a deep forest where you just can't even tell which way is up because it's so much like foliage i i will also point out that one of the uh, cloaks that's in the Xanathar's Guide to Everything is just great for being how stupid it is. It's the Cloak of Billowing, which is a cloak <laughs> that you could use a bonus action to make it billow dramatically. Yeah. And that's all it does. <laughs> I feel like I could see Gigi getting one of those. That is now the only piece of clothing I want for any character I ever play on this show. <laughs> it's a common magic it's item. It's a cloak that comes with its own, like, fan, I guess. Yeah, no... No one's going to notice that I've picked no other clothing for my character because the cape billows. <laughs> mm -hmm. Next season, Laura, you should show up and be like, my character, well, they don't really matter. Here's the important thing. They've got a cool cape. <laughs> they got a cloak that just... Can I Can I have a living cloak next season? I'm I'm just reading the description for Cloak of Elvenkind, and it does look pretty good. So, I mean, if, the, yeah, if that's what we wanted to go with as the official, what the item is, then I'd be down with that. Yep, that sounds good. Uh, last thing before we move on, uh, Nobi's here. Uh, and I think Marina takes the opportunity to say, have you given any thought to uh, sharing your friend here? Could always use some, uh, you know, the old floof. Oh, hmm. Noby. Yes? <laughs> um, my friend here, uh, as you see, makes lots of fine clothing. Um, would you be okay with shed with uh, losing a little bit of your of your fluff? Maybe not right now when it's the middle of the winter, but like soon. Would would you be okay with that, or do you need it for something? What will you give me for it? <laughs> <laughs> you got to barter with um, your own sheep. <laughs> wow, Noby, that's not um. I mean. <laughs> I'm really just asking if you if you if you're okay giving it or not. So it seems like it seems like no. Um, I'm not really looking. Nobody to... rides for free. <laughs> you know, historically, Nobi. Um, actually, bartering is a system that only comes into play between uh, people who are enemies rather than friends. It's much more of a hostile situation. The the conception that money replaces barter. Sorry, I'm going off on a a thing. Um, you have to stop reading that book about debt. <laughs> no, it's a really good book. It's better than Mark's. So look, um, <laughs> uh -huh. 
No, in, in this universe, it's Marks and angels, and they're just literally a bunch of angels who helped Marks. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nobi, if you look, if if you if you don't like, if you want your will, then it's fine. I'm not. I'm not insisting that you have to give up your will. It's your will. I was just asking. No, I've just been watching a lot of uh, sheep shearing videos on Grindel, our social media platform. <laughs> it looks really calming to be sheared. I think I might like it. Okay, well, if you okay, well, uh, great. Um, Marina, uh, yeah, he says that he, he would be up for being sheared because it looks fun. Have you guys seen any of those videos? This is awesome yes. now. Yes. <laughs> There's the one where a sheep got lost in the mountains for like years, and it came when they finally yes. found it. It was like mm-hmm. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like it was like a Honda Civic size. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's I mean that's kind of how I picture Nobi to some degree because like uh, the floof. Yeah. I don't think he was. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ever been sheared. It seems like good vibes to get sheared, although I'm sure it's not pleasant for all of them. What if you're anxious? That would, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. What the re- the real good vibes is the sheep dip. Oh no, that's terrifying. We can't. Okay, we we'll do a separate <laughs> sheep podcast. Um, <laughs> next up, actually, I think Neilith. I want to hear about your level eight because I have an idea for it. So, le- level level eight, uh, Neilith. Doesn't get a huge amount for that. Level eight's one of those in the middle levels. Um, I get some 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 more HP. I get plus one to my Dex and my Wisdom, and I've learned one new spell, Polymorph, and I have a new level four spell slot. Um, can't justify the Dex, but the Wisdom. I would like to think that Neelith learned a little something about like, hey, maybe don't act the fuck like that. <laughs> that had consequences. <laughs> from previous encounters, uh, so a little extra wisdom now. Just, just a little. Uh, so basically, a thought I had was that there's all this scrap metal lying around Grendel from the good neighbors which were damaged. Uh, most of them crawled back to the workshop when the uh, fail-safes were activated on the monolith. But there's probably still some scrap here that needs to get picked up, and you have the uh, Beyblades, which can lift 1,500 pounds or something, so it feels like you're the natural... Uh, answer for the question of who picks that stuff up. So, uh, I I agree with this, but I I I will say that by this point, Neelith has fashioned some kind of homemade, not terribly good earplugs to deal with the screaming. <laughs> oh, so it's for you? I thought you were going to say like a like a ball gag or something for the Beyblades <laughs> for everyone. Oh yes, because they've got the face on. Well, no, you. <laughs> it's canon from that episode that they don't actually scream all the time. They only scream when they bash into other Beyblades. Yeah, and when things are put on them. Okay. Yeah. So, so no, you can go earplugs <laughs> if you want to. That's also a power move. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm going earplugs. I'm going, please, uh, just keep it out my ears. Okay, so who's coming along with you on this uh, cleanup journey? Um, Ruth is gonna be my companion on this one. Yeah, I imagine she has some PR issues which she has to start working on with might might start with cleaning up visibly. Yeah, and uh, if nothing else Neelith um feels like she should probably get to know the person she's just agreed to, to take um future crime consequences for. Yeah, that was the other verdict in addition to cleaning up the genius's mess was just anything Ruth does is your fault, which is pretty sick and heroic, honestly. 
I I mean that is that is that is a choice, and Neelith is really fucking hoping that that was the right one to make, and yeah, as as such, desire to get to know. Hey, Ruth, were you tr- are you trying to do the right thing, and are you good, or am I fucked? <laughs> that outweighs the whole don't talk to therapists thing. All right, so the image of this is you two walking around in like your little orange vests, uh, picking up scrap metal and putting them on the uh, the Beyblades and then wheeling those over, or I guess floating them over to the dump. Uh, what do you two talk about as you do this work? I was going to say, what are therapists except uh, cops of the mind when Laura said, don't talk to therapists. There you go. There's my joke. <laughs> you can edit in really snappily. I'll be like, yeah, what are therapists but mind cops? Got them. Got him. How how are you holding up? Well, I am now a pariah. Uh, no one will visit my establishment. And if I mess up, we both get to die in the snow. So pretty good Tuesday all around. If you mess up, you're fine. Only I go die in the snow if you mess up. I, I am a woman of honor. I will join you. <laughs> Why did I agree to this if you're gonna go take the punishment handed down okay, to you? Okay, fine. I will. I will take your restaurant and I will eat all your delicious snacks. I. I mean, look. If 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 we're gonna have you take over the restaurant, if and when I get kicked out of town for all of the terrible crimes you're gonna do, you're gonna have to start coming on the weekend so I can teach you the exact meticulous way that restaurant is run. Because even if I am dying out in the snow outside of town, I will be damned if you do not run my restaurant properly. You will come back and haunt me, and you'll your ghost will say, "Not the risotto, you donkey." <laughs> I, 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 yes. But I mean, look, it's not going to be the food you're cooking. It'll be the fact you've put the pan in the wrong cupboard. There's a system. Oh, it's organizational, not culinary. Yeah, exactly. There is there is a right way to do things, and that is alphabetized, but also size organized, but also sorted by material. All at the same time, and All if there's the any contradictions, yes. hey, no, you know how they resolve. You, you, there is an order of operations for which you prioritize if you must. Now, I know we are about to have a serious heart-to-heart, but I do have a suggestion for your menu. I'm, I'm always willing to listen. It's really more of an excuse to run a pun by you. Oh, oh no, I am very okay with this, and also quietly, I'm assuming, Austin, did you come up with a brain pun that you're excited to share? Because I hope that's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) So you know prions, the proteins that are misfolded in the brain? Yeah. Do you know Pempushka, the Ukrainian donut? (laughs) My favorite food-related puns are the ones I have to explain to the customers, because then I get to explain puns, and how how mm. how good of a smart thing I thought of. <laughs> That's the whole joke. Pryon Purska. It's a, it's a brain donut from Fantasy Ukraine Fukraine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh I will... I will make sure to put it on the board with the entire description and explanation of what the pun means right next to it. And everyone who orders it needs to say the whole thing. <laughs> the, the whole thing plus the explanation. Yeah, to, oh, that's to, included. That is included. That is that is that is part of the package deal there. Uh, good. I, so I assume you have a lot of questions about 
the history of the village and my dealings and the dark secret in the heart of Grendel. Uh, I, I so I'm sorry to disappoint you that I cannot tell you what you want to know, but I may be able to tell you some things which can lead you to people who can talk. As I said before, I want to trust you. I think that you were trying to do something good and I want to do what I can to find out what that is so that I can fix it. So whatever you can tell me, I would appreciate. Yes. So rather than speak about any privileged client information, I will just tell you the history of Grendel. That sounds like a that sounds like a good thing to hear. Completely unrelated to anything else. This mountain has always been very cold and harsh and isolated, and the only people who lived here as far back as we have records are the frost giants. Although, I guess the yokai are also sort of native to here. They're, yokai are drawn to mountains. There's a word for it. Uh, Yamabiko, which Austin is certainly mispronouncing. But So that was all that was here for a long time. And then first the goblins came. And they asked uh, the frost giants for permission to have a little village here. And the frost giants agreed as long as they were not bothered. And that's how it was for a long time, just the little goblins in their little village. And then it was discovered that there was another world up above the sky, and the easiest way to get to it was from the top of Mount Grendel. So, so travelers began coming to the mountain to venture up to the surface. This is when I came. When I first got here, Master Voya was governor at the time. Do you know Aze's mentor? Um, by reputation. I'm aware of them conceptually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that may have been before your time. I would say the most important people in town were Master Voya, myself, and another person named Laszlo, who left a while ago. Did Laszlo have any... Strong connections to anyone who is still here in Grendel? That is a great question, and one I cannot delve into much further. I think that might be someone you should ask around about. I will say, though, that at some point, Master Voya and Laszlo had a falling out. First, Laszlo left the village, and then sometime later, Master, Vo Master Voya went missing. And now I am the only one from that coterie who decided to influence the sortition who is still around. So, to clarify, are you saying that the, that the three of you were entirely the ones responsible for making that decision? Yes. Okay, that's... That's something. It sure is. Would you do me the favor in perhaps a non-clinical setting of giving me a story of your own? I know when you came to Grendel, you were asked about your, you know, life cycle, because it usually requires a murder. And under Zone of Truth, you 
said you were not a murderer, and so it was not a problem, but you have resisted all of my overtures to therapy thus far. Look, at this at this point, you're not going to get any therapist clients for a while. What's the harm in having a chat? Sure, I'll tell... I don't know how much I want to tell you, but I'll, I'll tell you something. Um... All of my appointments with the people of Grendel are pro bono, you know? It's not really that big a hit to lose them. It's it's the people coming here who have trauma from their journey. That's where I make the big bucks. Capitalistic therapy? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the... So, I mean, no, Nobi is the model, right? You shear the travelers and then share the wool with your citizens. Yeah. Nice. Ozzy's off in the distance thinking, wait a minute, the therapy was pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> the salt. Neelith will stop and consider for a second and will eventually offer... Most of my kind take their bodies by force. They take bodies that are suited to them for being advantageous or for some kind of purpose or sometimes just out of convenience of situation. Mine was giving win- Mine was given willingly. I had a very good friend who was willing to allow me to use their body going forward. Um, and as someone that didn't want their life to be predicated on on having taken a life just to ex to prop up my own. I took them up on that offer pretty readily. I didn't really stop to think about it or to ask too many questions. I gladly appreciated an offer that most of my kind will never be afforded. Thank you for sharing with me. Hopefully we can talk more. Uh, soon. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to talk about it. You wouldn't happen to have any other illithid friends in the vicinity, would you? I think maybe even better than tracking down the secrets and dark history of the village, if you could just bring a bunch of Eldritch Cthulhu people to come fight for us, that would be better. <laughs> I... I wish I could offer you that, um... You might you might be aware that most um most most illithids don't um don't look an awful lot like me. Um I was I did not make terribly popular choices about my form. You were cancelled for being too cute? <laughs> I'm, I'm, Basically, I was I I did I didn't I didn't go and pick one of the big strong buff bodies, and that is not a popular thing because they like they like all the illithids to follow a certain structure. I like your size, your flump size. <laughs> I like my size too. I 
I I I like I I like the body I have. I think Ruth smiles and there's like a moment of you forgetting the circumstances that have led to this particular <laughs> mission you're on with the, the scrap metal. And uh you, you know, smile at each other and uh agree to share more stories going forward. Oh no, the therapist did a bad thing and that somehow accidentally Neelith into therapy. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Ruth, rebel Oops. therapist. <laughs> Ruth did a therapy. Oh, therapy yeah. without a cause. <laughs> she doesn't play by the rules, but she gets results. <laughs> I'm here to solve trauma. It's like like okay, like I want to turn it I want I need to, Ruth, you're off the case. I want you to turn in your badge and your gun. Like, Why do you have a gun, Ruth? <laughs> Ruth, wait, 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 no! Why did we give you a gun in the first place? That's not therapy! Uh. <laughs> Alright, so, who would like to go next? Uh, Slime would like to invite Philippa for their emotional uh, intelligence skills. Oh. If that's okay. You can say no. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm done with it. Okay, Slime would like to go to the farm for the much-neglected citizen. <laughs> okay, so a couple things. One, uh, what do you get for level eight? Phantom Steed, extremely excited. And... You're getting animal greedy. You already have a cat. Now you want a, a ghost horse? I mean, a ghost horse is pretty cool already. It's a Well, it would be a slime horse, and that's oh. what makes it fun. Yeah, and cause fear, which would be great for interrogation. Nice. And I think it's, you also got something else for being level eight. What was the other thing that you got? Oh, plus two intelligence. Mm. All right. So, Wizard, your intelligence score must be pretty high now, huh? 20. Slime is the smartest person alive. Smartest dumb person. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you want to go visit Farmer Applewhite, and you did uh, want to bring Philippa along? Everyone's making Sophie put in so much work this episode. <laughs> I just wanted some time for our characters to bond. Oh, I have often said the ideal Dice Funk episode involves me talking as little as possible. If you all could just banter <laughs> for an hour and a half, that's not even a laziness thing. It just means your chemistry is that good. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, don't put that pressure on me, please. <laughs> okay, Slime, here's here's something I've been wondering. You know centipedes and other bugs that have lots of feet? Oh, fuck. Yes, I've eaten some. I have all of your questions and answers. I wonder often if they have... They like feet more because they have so many, or if they think that they're uh, less interesting. You know how some people really like feet? That's what I was wondering. Some of them don't care about feet. Others care a lot about feet. Some of them fetishize creatures with only two feet because it's so little feet, and others want all the feet. Wow. Now that is the canon sexuality of centipedes in our universe. Thank you, Mari. I guess I underestimated centipedes. I viewed them as too much of a monolith. I am now realizing that centipedes might be a more complicated society than I thought. The hmm. centipede foot fetish is a spectrum, not a binary. <laughs> centipedes contain multitudes. This is really throwing me off. I'm re-examining the way I look at a lot of things that I think are kind of simple. Hmm. Oh, look, we've arrived at the farm. <laughs> Now, yeah. the last time I was here, I died a horrific potato-related death, so they might be shocked to learn that I have returned, or they might not recognize me if I have inhabited a new body. So if you could use your organic emotional intelligence skills, that would be wonderful, because I plan to throw up on all of their broken things. <laughs> Farmer Applewhite is like two feet to your left, and it just says, <laughs> oh no, I recognize you, slime. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. 
Uh, I was made aware that you have been neglected in the social support, and I am here to puke on your things. (laughs) (laughs) What girl doesn't love to hear that? In a restorative manner, to be clear. Brings me back to high school. Anyway, both the Tulpa and the good neighbor tore up my dang field. So if you and Philippa want to get in there and fix some of these ding-dang plants Do you need us to plow the fields? Do you have any structures in need of mending? Oh, yeah. My silo took a big hit. Look at that right there. You see the crack in it? Uh, My plow right there got stepped on. It's just, oh, golly gee. It's been such a couple weeks. Ah. I'll get to work and Slime starts vomiting on different things, allowing them to mend. I also have the spell Fabricate. I can build any homes for you. Wow, Slime, you have so many different talents. Mm-hmm. All puke-based. Well, do you have any non-puke-based ones just for f- variety? Uh, I can open my chest cavity. <laughs> I think during this conversation, the tum-tums are all kind of getting near, and they're all sniffing at you, Slime. If you'll recall, tum-tums are like basketball-sized animals, which are, they're, they're rolling uh, creatures with, uh, they just have kind of a snout that unfurls, and they can sniff the scents out of things. That's how they eat, and it's like the scent goes away, and they digest it somehow. And there's just like half a dozen of them rolling around, and they're just sniffing at you, just taking some, some of your corpsey scents away. They must love my decaying matter. Oh, they just love a variety of things. They like to smell good things, bad things, new things, old things. Philippa, would you like to speak to the round things? Hello, are you legally distinct from Tribbles and also Kreitz from the franchise Critters? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're legally distinct. Um, Fuck. We don't even have any of the Tribble reproduction stuff. Come on. Okay, I'm just checking in. How are you all doing? <laughs> I almost went to pizza right there. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Uh, it's been making a comeback now. We got renewed for another season. <laughs> you thought this spinoff show wasn't going to last, but it's a it's a smash hit. It's bigger than the main show. Tony, don't smell that. You don't know where it's been. Please, you're going to give me a heart attack. What are your grandma going to say? We got to go to church. There's Pizza Rat, the Tum Tums, Drip, Cat, Noby, the Slime Horse. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> As if this show is hard uh, enough. You're acting um, like you don't appreciate the Pizza Rat bit there, and I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> hey, I'm podcasting here. Of course, I appreciate the Pizza Rat. <laughs> um, Fuck. I guess Philippa would be like... um. Have you, small creatures, experienced any damages and you need anything repairing? I can make them a baby house. Yes, please. Oh, my God. I've never wanted anything more in my life. (laughs) Tell me about this. Flumps. Tell me the... Uh, Philippa, ask the flumps what the parameters of their needs for a home would be. Oh, no. The the tum-tums. Tum-tums. Sorry. (laughs) Ask Philippa... If you can, please ask the flumps what the parameters of a proper shelter <laughs> for them would be. You worry. I can't. I can't. I'm Tom so Thomas. tired. I've been Tom so Thomas. sick. I'm sorry. It's okay. Ruth is a flump. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, gosh. The tum-tums. Okay. <laughs> um, 
friends, um, my friend would like to make you a little house. You, you know, Farmer Apple White has a big house, but you can have a little one because you are little. Uh, what would you like? I mean, you can be big if you want, but what would you like from a house? Hey, it's me. I'm Italian Tum Tum. I would like exactly the same kind of house that Farmer Appleboy has, but smaller. <laughs> I am guessing that you might like um for the house to have smells in it, but I don't know. I want I I don't want to be presuming. Well, it'll develop its own smells over time. It'll get its own natural character. How about you add like a you know like a bro cave to the the basement with some like you know some like exercise equipment that'll generate some smells. <laughs> How do Tum Tums exercise? Trunk ups. Come on, guy. <laughs> you think my trunk just looks like this naturally? These muscles? Get out of here. Forget about it. Maybe add something for the ladies. Maybe a spa or something. You got nails? With this again. Busting my balls. Come on. Oh my god, Tony. I have a plan. I need to do my hair sometimes, okay? Is this a different Tum Tum or are these the rats intruding? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they've been hanging around the pizza rats for too long. They've picked up on the. They've watched too many episodes of the pizza rats and they've picked up on their idioms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we can get all these features included. You don't need to argue about them. If we're only making a small house, we can put lots in. Andrea, you gotta stop hanging out with those rats. They're a bad influence on you. <laughs> Slime says, I obey. And then walks to the edge of the property where the tum-tums... I don't know if the tum-tums have a special area or what. But in order for Fabricate to work, I need to have... A clump of trees or something. So I'm going to walk to the edge of the property where some trees are. And Slime lifts their head back and opens their mouth. And then ominous chor chorus singing starts coming. And you don't know where it's coming from. It's... And then the slime comes out of their mouth and eyes and ears and down their body and onto the trees. And horrible nightmarish sounds and sights are seen. Until eventually, a little mini cottage is there. It's very shiny and pretty. Thank you for doing the foley there. Now I don't have to add in an ominous choir in post. <laughs> Did you make sure it has a bro cave with a, a, a bar for doing trunk ups? It has a bro cave and a cis, uh, what is the, like a, a another, what is cis, I don't know. Spa. Pool? Cis, cis spa. Cis, mm. What's happening? Well, the equivalent to the bro cave for the lady tum tum. Yeah, a, a, a cis pool and then a gender-neutral uh, confinement area. A confinement area. Mari, I didn't know you were British. You're, 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 you've, been, you've been relegated to the gender-neutral confinement zone. <laughs> it's been declared. You really know how to make me feel at home on this podcast. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that like the spectrum was covered. It's just like reading The Guardian. <laughs> I can't wait till this recording's over and I can go back to the cis pit. S I S, not C I S. Oh, all right. I I was on the wrong side of that. <laughs> Oh, I absolutely thought Mario was yeah, saying I, I thought, CIS. I thought like the anti yeah. the like non-trans was the opposite of bro for a second. I got very confused. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, it was like sister pool, and then I was like, oh, we got to have something for gender yeah, non-conforming, yeah. but I was like, I couldn't think of fast uh, enough, <laughs> so I was like, Con- confinement area. <laughs> you found yourself in a maze and somehow fell through a trap door into an entirely different Rube's Goldberg machine. <laughs> oh, this is so good. But like a sister pool, and then I was like, I don't know, gender non-conforming tum-tums, they go to like, you know, a nice quiet place. <laughs> There's sound dampening. Slime, let me stop you. Maybe there is a cave and there is a pool and whoever wants to use either can have access to both. Yes. You know what? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's what Slime did. Maybe the cave and or pool are not gendered. It's not a- actually necessary. Yeah, there's there's no gendered anything. Sorry, Tum Tums. I know you've requested, but I shall not obey. Obey. All the Tum Tums are cool with it, except for the one guy. It kind of sucks. <laughs> Where's my bro area? That's that's fine. That particular Tum Tum can have their own confinement room. <laughs> in my mind, the confinement room was like I want to be alone in a quiet place. And I could have said library and devil <laughs> That's not what it is. That's not what it is now. It's a room for locking this tum tum in. That would be the cis confinement area. <laughs> I was. <laughs> you, you know how we're not cops and this town doesn't have jail? There's a confinement room and it's a jail for this one tum tum. Mm-hmm. I really was imagining it as like a soft place I to know. go to be quiet. We're being silly. It's all good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is going to turn out to be a crucial plot point later for some reason. I'm going to make this happen. You're going to need a gender neutral confinement area. It's going to be the only thing that can save the day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we knew what to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you attend to Applewhite's farm. You fix it up. You build some uh, housing for the Tum Tums. I think also the pizza rats can enjoy it. I mean,. I don't know if it's big enough for Noby, Drip, and Cat, but I'm sure they could stop by. It can just be a fun little animal area. Did the Tum Tum say thank you? <laughs> all of them, all of them except for the one. Yeah. Fucking knew uh, it. Mm. I knew it. Okay. He's so... already written. A, he's already written an opinion piece. Is like why he feels uh, left out of the the gender non-conforming confinement area. Unfortunately, they, they're, they're gonna go start their one Tum Tum podcast that no one's gonna listen to. Um, but inexplicably, they'll have sponsors by the third episode. So, um, Tum Tum's going their own way. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Tiptoe, no. I'm telling you, they got a gender non-conforming room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, terrible. So, speaking about things that are terrible, Aze, um, is level eight now. Wait. Um, Aze's level eight, uh, uh, he has an extra spell slot. I did. I haven't really worried about like the spells he's prepared because he's not going to do much spell casting today. I will roll to see if today, before we get into the next, uh, I was going to say before you get to the next thing, I'll, I'll just roll to see if things are benefic or malefic right now, just to get over with. Oh gosh, they're very benefic with the natural twenty there, but that's just Ozzy's gets to roll a malefic for that, so. The stars are just real, real bros. The, the stars are cool. The stars just be really cool. In terms of also being cool, Aze at level eight picked the feat skill expert. So he gets a plus one to charisma, uh, which is going to be due to him successfully negotiating an exchange with Potter for once. Uh, 
He gained a proficiency in investigation for all of his efforts in trying to understand what's going on. And due to his deep interest in trying to recall and focus on things that have happened in the past, um, he now has expertise in history. What a nerd. So that <laughs> he is. Well, I mean, listen, you know, what else is going to do? He already has a 20 wisdom. So, I mean, humble brag anyways. So uh, <clears throat> for Aze's downtime scene, uh, he is going to be also engaged with a member of the village who has yet to have some downtime time with a uh, one of the Moist Watch members. And that is Pastor Very. Yeah, I think Very is very... Oh, I didn't even do that on purpose. Very is particularly interested in uh, the genius's workshop and the magical phenomena it is undergoing. I th you find him studying it intently, praying for answers, comparing the, the, the sacred texts, trying to figure out what's going on, uh, because he does not think the machine is a god. Hmm. Like, Aze will, like be standing nearby, arms crossed and remarking softly. So you're absolutely certain that you shouldn't be expanding the Trinity to a quadrinity. Aze, three is a three is a party. Four is it's kinda awkward, you know? You got two you got two in there and they're doing their thing, the third's watching, and then you get four and it's like, <laughs> are you supposed to do two separate things? There's just ever not enough hands. I don't I don't Think Vari, I don't think Vari has experience of this. Aze <laughs> <laughs> uh, will, will just a little sigh and a nod before adding, so are you certain that the vision that you have has been averted properly? Oh, the vision of Marina's house exploding five years ago? Yeah, that's taken care of. We're, I mean, just because of the way time works, we're living in the future, so it had to have been averted, right? That's how time works. It's not like if you go back in time and change things in the future, they change gradually. Uh, you know, that's like the, like the classic film, Back from the Future. Oh, where you kiss your mom? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the machine said that. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's not how time travel works. We're in a stable loop. Whatever changes were made have been made the whole time. We've never we've never existed in a timeline where we were all incinerated. <sighs> Did Master Voya ever talk to you about any calamities that she might have noticed in her times working as the mystic here within Grendel? Was she ever privy to that? Master Voya was a leader of the community. Uh, she was a governor for the time. She remained influential even after. Uh, she's consulted me on all spiritual ma matters. So we've we've talked a lot about various uh, calamities and visions, and we didn't always agree on everything, um, but we all miss her very much. Indeed. I still worry that I'm not as, a, as suitable of a replacement for her services to this community, but... Unfortunately, I have little choice in the matter now. I have to carry on her work as well as I can and do what I and with the added uh, responsibilities that Gigi has entrusted with the formation of the Moist Watch. It just feels like there is so much to do to. There's so much to do. There's so much to see. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with taking the back streets? 
I knew you were going to go down that route as soon as I said those first few words here. So no. trying to get out of it, but you but you wouldn't let me. He drugged me back into it. I'm not sorry, for the record. I know you're not sorry. Uh but do you think that the formation of the Moist Watch was ultimately the right thing to do for the community here? We were able to help out in the ways we have been so far, but it feels like we're also creating a lot of tension among the other villagers. And I worry that it might cause a fragment in the stability of our community. Well, it's not my belief, but in Isaiah 21, 6, uh, for thus hath the Lord said unto me, go set a watchman, you know? It's pretty much the watch people from the beginning of time have looked out for the community and even almighty divinity has seen their worth. So I guess the other way of the question is, do you trust someone like me being part of the moist watch, Pastor Very? <laughs> How about this? I'll answer that question. Honestly, if you can go in there, he points into the workshop and go get me some of those, uh, those widgets right there. He just points to some things inside the workshop and says, uh, you know, at the trial, we determined that we weren't going to take the genius's stuff in recompense for their crimes. Um, but I, w I want to research some of these objects further to determine the source of the magic of the machine. And uh, I would go in myself, but Kaboom and Kablam do seem very serious about defending the genius's Property, so if you could use your moist watchly powers to maybe uh, get in there for me, I would appreciate that. Probably especially from Very, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, They'd uh, be like, kill on sight. Yeah. Aze mm -hmm. uh, 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 will say, I suppose you want me to do this before you answer my question. I don't have a Bible quote for that one, but yes. <laughs> <sighs> Very well. <laughs> As God said to Abraham, Yep. <laughs> As God said to Abraham, yo, you know, I want that shit. You better go get it. That's from the extra book of the Bible, uh, The Art of the Deal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, I, th I think the quote. Perfect. I think the quote to Abraham was, did I stutter? <laughs> and, and, and Abraham's response was, the answer to that question is no. So the answer to my question is no? Is that how this works? And it's like, hey, get out of here! Because God had just invented that that the, that line for the first time then ever. So Abraham was, like, really thrown off. So uh, Aze will, will acquiesce to the uh, to Varys, um bargain and enter into the workshop. Uh, so, basically, Kaboom and Kablam are immediately going to emerge from the obelisk and go... <laughs> Hello again, friend of the god genius. Have you come here to pay your respects? I wish both to pay respect and humbly request a, a memento, a keepsake to eternally cherish the memories that the genius has granted upon me and in hopes that one day I can... My mine eyes can gaze upon their brilliance. Flay the unbeliever! 
What? Uh, f- 15. <laughs> what, what, what's the 15 for? The slingshot. I'm, I'm just, I want to roll in the wild magic table sketch. Don't take this from me. <laughs> All right. Uh, the 15 will hit Aze. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wild magic. I rolled 48. Uh, good, 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 good. Oh, shit. A unicorn controlled by the DM appears in a space within five feet. Yes! Yeah, this is like Fisher Austin, like, punching the like, yes! I got it! Another animal to name! Fuck! (laughs) Alright, you take three damage as the rock hits you in the forehead, and then from your tiny little bump, a fucking full-grown unicorn explodes out of your forehead and begins, uh, galloping around the workshop. I got a question. Does the unicorn's name include a color and and a confectionery? That- Violet Skittles Unicorn is property of Leon Renegade Cut Thomas Limited. <laughs> All rights reserved. All rights reserved. Aze will just rub his face a bit. <sighs> Looked at the unicorn. And it's all—it's just a unicorn or is it shark unicorn? That's the real question. I mean, the, our imaginations can be whatever they want. What we get, who wants to add flavor to this unicorn? All right. I, 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 at the very least, Ozzy is going to determine if the unicorn's temperament towards him is friendly or not. Okay. First of all, roll animal handling. Second of all, you fool, you simpleton, you absolute goober. It's a narwhal unicorn. How could Ooh. you? <laughs> well, I rolled a natural 20 on the animal handling. Okay. Well, the narwhal unicorn is now your best friend. Uh, you're gonna- <laughs> Neela needs an animal friend now, shit, everyone's getting animal friends. <laughs> I'm gonna point out, I gotta pull up the reverb for this. This is, this is the second time <laughs> that when I rolled animal handling in interacting with the animal like this, that I got a natural 20. This is the second time in a row like this. It's just, because the last time was dripping, now it's the, now it's the narwhal. Neelith has no interest in having an animal companion, but now that everyone else on the Moy Squad has one, <laughs> I don't know what animal Neelith wants, but just getting one now. Probably get a psychic one. Well, Ozzy has two, so as the as the narwhal like 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 cozies up against Ozzy, and Ozzy just like pick pets along its uh, its head, he will look up at uh, Kablam, who just you know belted him right in the face with that uh, slingshot. And say, uh, I hope that my request is nothing too uh, uh, disrespectful towards uh, their grand eminence. The uh, kaboom re- revs his chainsaw, begins flying towards you. At which point, your new overall unicorn friend grabs the the widgets in their mouth and then like ducks under your legs to pick you up and rides away before you get chainsawed in half. This is my reward for rolling a natural 20. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. The unicorn narwhal spirits you away as Kaboom and Kablam uh, chase you to 20 feet away from the workshop, at which point they are sucked back into the obelisk. Because as I read the warlock ability, uh, the obelisk can only control reality within 20 feet of itself. Uh, Hmm. Well... Aze will also just cast speak with animals just to make sure that he can just pet the narwhal and just say, "Uh, that was a close one. I must thank you for your assistance there. I'm out of voices. Who wants to be the unicorn? (laughs) 
I, I'm the unicorn. Oh my god, I'm... it's me, the most beautiful <laughs> unicorn in the world. We both took very haunted. different approaches on voicing this unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> this unicorn has uh, two different personalities simultaneously. No, 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 I like Laura's. Hey, what's up? <sighs> Give it a Cockney accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse to pantomime Britain for you. Uh, <laughs> I will do the British pantomime of my choosing. Why, what's a pretty lass like you? Britain is a pantomime. Here's the, here's the unicorn. Or <laughs> governor. Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm a uh, narwhal unicorn. <laughs> Not many people know that. Do you want to do you want to do you want to give the narwhal unicorn a, a name? Everyone else. I'm 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 Basil. It's Basil. <laughs> yeah, Basil. Uh, yes. Well. I'm gonna help you. Well, well, Basil, if you're insisted on sticking around, I hope you enjoy having a roommate. Well, I I am I am insistent on sticking around. I did not exist a minute ago, and the cold void of non-existence is terrifying. I would like to stay here, if that's all right with you. <laughs> Basil also, like Kaboom and Kablam, cannot go too far from the monolith. Uh, like, I could just read this again. I think I read a little bit of it. I'll read the whole thing. The Maker's Monolith. Uh, you raise a three-foot-wide, 15-foot-tall monument to your patron's majesty in a square 15 f- within five feet of you. This nigh-invincible monolith acts as a conduit for your patron's power into this realm. You may shape reality as you please within 20 feet of this obelisk. Um, Any structures or items removed from this radius will disintegrate after one minute. Oh, oh God, oh, God, are you... No. Uh, Basil looks over at uh, Kaboom and Kablam, back over at the... uh... Wait, 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 wait. So, So we're talking about constructs and items... Well, also the wild magic literally just runs out and they disappear. But I just made a DM call that they're relate- they're linked to this yeah. magic. Um, yeah. Ba- Basil looks over and goes, "Oh, oh God! Is my entire existence has to be within twenty feet of them? Oh no! Pl- please, please, new friend, you have to find a way to save me from this. In the interim, we will find we'll build a stable outside for you to. Sorry." In the interim, we'll build a stable outside for you to stay, so you don't have to be in the same structure as them. I mean, a stable's nice and all. Can you build like a very big, large wall that is, you know, right on the edge of the the edge of the limit, so that they can't get around it to the other side where I am? Basil the narwhal unicorn. I think actually, because the genius is no longer existent in this timeline, I think if you're within the twenty feet radius around the obelisk, you can shape <gasps> it to your whims. Oh, oh. Um, Oh, give me a sec, give me a sec. Um, and uh, Basil creates basically just an impenetrable little corner on the edge of their range. It's just like, yeah, this will be all right. He's, he's got, oh man, he's got, he's got it. Uh, he's got a, he's got a loft. He doesn't even share it with a roommate. Ah, oh, fantastic. Exactly. As, as long as I just like, you know, don't think about it too much. I can just pretend they don't exist. He'll be all right. I love how this person has come into existence and immediately has the ability to create and destroy and already hates people. Just the very first first mi- three minutes. I hate these people. I can create and destroy as I please. 
I was gonna say, at least Basil doesn't hate Aze. We, we've established that. Yeah, you seem, you seem all right. I mean, look, I, I, I came tumbling out of your forehead. I, you can't be all bad. <laughs> like Zeus. Yeah, Basil is the Athena to Aze's Zeus. I, I hope you're... Is Aze Basil's god? <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> or are you their father? I, I will... There's, there's already four potential gods in this area. I think four is already too crowded. Five would be just irresponsible. So I will. It regrets me to say that no, I am not god. Very says. Actually, I think five is actually kind of fun again. Like three is a good number. Four, it's it's awkward vibes. But then five, and it's just like it's a smorgasbord of holes. You know what I'm saying? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Oops, everybody's gods. Speaking of smorgasbord, uh, very, here is what you requested. However, if you wish to investigate it, you must stay nearby. I don't think you will be able to return to your igloo with this safely. It will turn to a smorgasbord of dust in the wind. <laughs> Uh, so Vary's going to uh, investigate these items. I want to say real quick, though, that for those keeping track at home, we now have three ongoing subplots. One is uh, Philippa's quest to find the artifact, which is stolen from the Frost Giants. We have the Secret of Grendel, which goes back to Master Voya and this other mysterious person, Laszlo, and I guess Ruth, although she can't talk about it. And now we have a third, which is figure out how to free Basil from the from the monolith so they can be their own person. I, I hope I hope you're ready for this to become the dominant subplot just so that when Lilith gets killed off in a freak boss fight or something, I'm going to play as Basil the rest of the season. Unicorn gonna... player character revival! Yes! Austin, yeah, Austin, start thinking of like a way to get Basil out should we need because I won't play Basil if Neelith dies. <laughs> so, after fulfilling this request, do you trust somebody like me being in the Moist Watch, Pastor Very? Very says, to be honest with you, I try not to judge. You know, everyone has their own weight of sin to carry. Everyone has their own journey. You know, when there's only one set of footsteps, that's, you know, me carrying you. I think that's how it goes. I'm very helpful. Um, but I have to be honest, I had some reservations. You know, there was a big inquiry when Master Voria went missing. Uh, Potter tried to interrogate you, and then Gigi also tried to continue the investigation. And, uh, I mean, that wasn't for nothing. I got to be honest, uh, you were. I did see you leaving the village with Master Voya, and you lied to everyone and said you hadn't seen her. Leave the night she disappeared. Now I got to think about this because I'm wondering if very, very even told anyone about that or if other people know about that. Yeah. So the implication is that's why Gigi and Potter haven't let this go is because when they, you know, this disappearance was investigated, very was telling people that he saw you with her and you were saying, Nope, I don't know. I haven't seen her. I don't know what happened. And so that's why, like, I, th the listeners have been having a field day with, like, oh, can you imagine Ozzy being a murderer? That's so silly. He's such a great guy. But there is, like, a basis to the suspicion, which is that you appear to have been lying about the night she disappeared. Also, in the background of this, Basil has manifested some popcorn and is just looking back and forth, watching and <laughs> shoveling it into their face. This is a great, 
great entertainment. <laughs> Hell yeah, Basil. <laughs> well, I can't. Well, I can't. Well, I can't disclose anything further. There are reasons why I can't say what happened. And I know that answer is not going to be satisfactory, but it seems that even after the years that have passed, this is something I will have to continue to carry. Well, my confessional is always open if you want to unburden yourself, you know. Uh, cats, very nosy, like to get into everything. They love to listen, and so we try to emulate her her image and her great works by getting our little snouts into everything. So, I, uh, I appreciate the offer, but I believe I shall retire back home for the time being. Hopefully you are able to gain the insight that you wish to seek from these items from the Genius's Workshop. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to leave any ambiguity here. I'm going to say, like, very finishes identifying the items and says, there's no god here, and just, like, tosses the items back into the workshop and says, the machine is just cold metal, no soul at all. The Genius is no god either. They'll be back. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about that. I know that I am here and I exist and I can make popcorn appear out of literally nowhere. And if that's not Godhood, I don't know what is. Although Godhood probably wouldn't limit me to a 20-foot square. Scratch that. I Godhood would probably be less limited than this. <laughs> Basil now starts rotating the popcorn through different flavours, <laughs> just seeing how many flavours they can make manifest. Mm. What what character class is Basil going to be when we kill off Megillah the next episode deliberately? Oh, oh, I I think nothing to do with magic. I think like barbarian. Well, see that 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 that, that must be Violet Skittles unicorn. The okay, unicorn. okay. Um, mm, oh, what are the classes? I'll have a think. I'll get back to you before Thief. the end of the episode. Thief. No, I need I need a minute to think. Well, I'll I'll get there. Hoof monk. <laughs> Just hoofs flying. <laughs> I was thinking monk as well, honestly, yes. Yeah. So I mean, I like the thought of, of Basil being being a ranger because I, I don't know quite how they would handle a bow and arrow, but I want to see it. Well, they just launch their own horn, they just leap forward, just be like, <gasps> bow attack, air flurry of arrows, and just dive forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're a magical unicorn, I'm pretty sure their horn could uh detach and replenish. Yeah. Little missile horn. Like Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> exactly, exactly like that. Basil's an eight class multi-class. Ah. One level in eight different classes. That tracks. His class is really Chad. <laughs> yeah, someone should do that meme with the Chad, Basil, and the Virgin Neelith. <laughs> oh no. I was gonna say like like so so Basil's a factotum. Got it. Yeah, ba ba Basil's, Basil's not constrained by, you know, traditional labels about classes. You know, they, they take a little bit of everything. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> my mistake, so Aze will retire back to his home as we transition to the next scene. Ooh. Uh, so, Philippa, you wanted to do a second scene to kind of catch up in this uh, sub 
you know, with this mechanic of the visiting the villagers. Also, uh, I noticed one of the things we haven't fixed yet as far as rep- like repairs in the village is Slime's house, which had a hole put in it. Oh yeah. Uh, during that arc. So if we need a place for you to do this, uh, you know, hanging out with Slime, we can also get some more Mari in there. Philippa maybe comes over to pick up Potter from the bar because they've arranged that they're going to go help fix Slime's house. So they'll like, um, hey, hey, Potter, are you ready to go? We're going to fix Slime's house today. Hell yeah, dog. Look at this. You see this? Look at this new fit. Marina made it for me special. It's my my stuff fixing outfit. Whoa, you look so handy. (laughs) I have big hands, yeah. Yeah, yowie hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> while we walked over, I just wanted to, I guess, um, probably moan a little if you were willing to listen. Yeah, you know what they say, the bartender's always listening. I don't know, I've just been rushed off my feet recently with the indemnification plan and seeing how we can help repair damages and... Also, the justice system in the town and, like, trying to uh, make one that will work, but also not just work, but also last, because I don't know if I will be around in the town forever. I would like to probably continue my studies. And speaking of that, there's the Frost Giants. I guess I just have a a lot on my mind. So I I take it you're not going to be putting your name into the sortition? Oh, no, absolutely not, no. (laughs) Could you imagine? I, I could picture it, yeah. You're an accomplished uh, academic intellectual titan. As far as our little bird goes, I think we'd be great. We'd be happy to have you. Hmm. Well, that that's very nice of you, but I do also have to find this religious artifact for the Frost Giants and get it back to them. Or they'll kill us all, yeah. Right. It's a problem. <laughs> Statistically, the Moist Watch, I think, can take two, maybe three. Uh, they attack in raiding parties of 12, so... Right, and I only have the one uh, potion of growth left, so I can only, uh, only for for so long, appear as their size and try to reason with them. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, going forward, you might want to prioritize looking for that, that uh, rock that they lost, or uh, things are going yeah, get, to get bloody, huh? Yeah, that sounds pretty... Oh, jeez. You know, Potter, I was hoping that it, it would help to talk to you, and I'm kind of getting more stressed out. Well, I mean, the bartender's always listening, and also the bartender's always helping kill those feelings and thoughts in your mind. Although now I realize I don't have any alcohol left, because you fed it all to the obelisk, so fuck. Damn. Uh... Oh, look, it's Slime's house. Hey, Slime! Ah. Uh... We're going to have to do the rest of the winter sober. Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, Slime, we're here to fix your house because there is a big hole in the roof. I know you didn't ask for this, but um, we're fixing things up around the town. Thank you. Cat has been deeply upset. I felt nothing about it. (laughs) Hey, Cat, how are you doing? Can I say something about Kat's voice, which is a very deep, scary voice I did uh, after that I recorded the episode where I had Kat saying like, mother, take a level in Druid and we can talk. <laughs> after we stopped recording, my girlfriend said, what was that sexy voice you were doing? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was an animal. <laughs> She's like, I stand oh, by no. it. <laughs> oh, no. 
Um, but yeah, so I think I, I'm going to roll uh, animal handling for Potter here. Mm, mm. I rolled a two. So cat tackles Potter too hard uh, <laughs> onto the ground and begins roughhousing him in a way that is uh, alarming for him, at least. Hey, cat, stop it. That's that's a friend. He doesn't like it. I want to play. He doesn't want to play yet. I need enrichment. <laughs> Uh, why don't you um run around the the whole town in a big circle there's nothing here to kill Uh, i've beaten all the games around here nothing entertains me anymore you know you know cat there are actually um two uh jellyfish looking bros in the genius's workshop uh-huh. who you can kill an infinite number of times. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that sounds great. I've been spending a lot of time on our social network. And I gotta say, the memes are old. I'm done with them. Yeah, social networks are bad for your mental health, Cat. I would advise you do not go on that anymore. I swiped right. I st- <laughs> I swiped right and I swiped left. No satisfaction either way. I can't take it anymore. You know what's better than social media? Murder. Objectively, it's a be- it's better for our minds and our society. I'm gonna go kill those jellyfish. Several people have been on social media and come to that conclusion. I think. Um, so oh, no. Um, oh, no. Um. <laughs> So, shall we get to fixing up the roof? Yeah, we just want to lock in that in the background of this season, Cat is just repeatedly killing Kaboom and Kablam over and over again <laughs> for its own amusement. Okay, good. Cool. <laughs> It'll make getting anything else from the Genius's Workshop a lot easier. <laughs> Basil, how do you get along with Cat? Mm. It fucks up Kaboom and Kablam like a lot. You oh, know, Basil, so. Basil's a big fan. <laughs> Basil's eating popcorn's like I'll, I'll, I'd watch this show all day <laughs> as, 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 as soon as, as it becomes clear what's occurring here um, Basil takes their previously very very isolated uh, dwelling, it just makes a little window facing uh, Kaboom and Kablam's place <laughs> Wow, how many different classes have you dipped into? You got Rogue and Ranger? Sick <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you uh, you classed it to the only thing that matters: killing Kaboom and Kablam. The only class <laughs> of any repute. The animals of Grendel really are their own their own show. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, a little spin-off: Gr- Grendel Animal Adventures. Jeez, mm. uh, oh, good. Potter will ask you, Slime. Uh, hey, uh, are you gonna put your name into the sortition? No. <laughs> That's a very slime answer. <laughs> uh, like, like, like the, the what was happening was happening was that the council's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Do we put a sortition? Like, just just the meeting there, just everyone just shouting back. They're and like, forth. should we all individually, as each individual cell, put our names into the sortition? <laughs> that would really tip the odds. <laughs> yeah, they would almost certainly win. We we can guarantee victory by all claiming to be separate entities. It's like that's no, that's cheating. That's immoral. That's, they were cheating in the past. We're just making it right. We're taking it back. 
<laughs> the philosophy cells come. No! No. <laughs> I'm using Potter as a vehicle to ask, but also Neilith and Aze, are you? Because uh, this is uh, this is going to be a real sortition. I'm really going to roll for this. I think Neilith's gonna put her name in, not because she actually wants the role, but because she believes that there is someone in town that it would be dangerous to be made governor. And by putting her name in, that's one fewer, that's a slightly less chance that the dangerous person will come into power. Ozzy's putting his name in as well. Uh, yes. Whether whether Philippa puts her name in is dependent on this scene. Okay. Mm. I want to say, uh, as a mechanics issue, uh, if you do get chosen as governor, I think we might need to have a conversation uh, off mic about whether or not you play a different character. Because... Mm-hmm. I don't know that the governor would stay part of the Moist Watch. Yeah, like, mm. this is the thing, like, Neelith, I I don't think Neelith wants to be in, in charge, and I don't want to stop playing Neelith, but also I think that, narratively, that is what Neelith would do. I think that Neelith trusts Ruth enough to go, right now we need to make sure whoever it is you can't warn us about doesn't get in. You know... Think think about upon that, and also think about Very's answer. It may be in Ozzy's interest not to put their name in because the suspicion I have is that if Ozzy's name get drawn, there will be a non insignificant number of people who just straight up do not trust Ozzy <laughs> to be in charge of anything. Uh, so he will abstain from putting his name into the sortition. All right, Potter is helping you. Uh, Philippa, uh, fix up Slime's house and just, you know, general cool. destruction in the village. Cool. Um, yeah. the, the thing that's on my mind, Potter, um, it it is about the sortition as well, in a way, since you are asking. My parents came to Grendel when I was very young um, because the Aracocra society is, is not very accepting. And so we came here because we heard this was a place where... Uh, there were all, all, all sorts of people um, of all different kinds. Um, it kind of matters a lot to me that a justice system here works. And I want it to work and I want to prove that it will work. But I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life here making it work. Yeah, leadership's a big responsibility. It kind of defines you. At least for your, you know, your whole term, maybe afterwards. So, it's a big, big commitment. But uh, if you don't do it, who else will? You know what I'm saying? Like we could get a, a real doofus in there, and they could do a lot of damage. I think that's what Ruth was saying at the whole trials. It's the... I mean, Ruth was kind of saying getting a doofus in would be a good thing because then she could um, manipulate them. I find it very sinister, but um, <laughs> yeah, mostly. <laughs> Potter kind of looks hurt because he was one of the people Ruth <laughs> manipulated into being governor. Or like, try. or like a, a super chill guy with really good biceps would also be easy to manipulate. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably what it was for some of them, at least. May probably the most a majority. I just... This is okay. And like, I think she gestures to like the, the tiles they're laying on the roof right now. Like, th- this is okay. This is simple work. But I would be giving up my studies if I decided 
that ultimately I would stay. I wish I had some answers for you, Philippa. You know, I'm uh, just kind of your average guy. I love Grendel. I'm going to die here. So I'm like, you know, I'm dedicated to trying to make it better. But if your destiny is elsewhere, it's like it's not on you to fix our shit, you know? That's my that's my look on it anyway. But it just matters a lot to me that a place exists in the world where people can believe in peace and safety and community. Thanks, Potter. You've been helpful to talk to. And I think that Philippa is going to put her name in this petition. If they were votes, you'd have my vote. <laughs> oh, thanks, Potter. That's really nice. Um, all right. So, Aze out, Slime out, Neelith in, Philippa in. Yeah. Can I have one little extra side scene before the sortition draw happens? Absolutely. I think, like, the morning of the sortition, everyone's getting ready. They're going to gather gather at the lodge. What is Aze doing? Well, the night before the sortition, um, Aze is doing, Aze does something, and it's, a. Uh, Little bit of thing. Uh, during the last arc, I ref I never used a fourth level spell slot. That's because ever since Aze hit level seven, he's been using his fourth level spell slot every day for one specific purpose, and that's to cast hallucinatory terrain within his house. Um, and so what happens? It the the scene that happens the after he leaves, a uh, very walking past like Potter and uh and Philippa and Slime goes back to uh, his home. He opens the door and pulls back the curtain into the back area. And um, the what is seen in front of him is the clearing from his dream with the cave visible. Um, and just the fact that he just sort of manifests that into his home on a daily basis and comes home to that. Uh, it's just sort of what I wanted to have. Just a moment where Ozzy seems like each day to come home and seems to be actively recreating his own nightmare in physical form uh, before going to sleep uh, in his house. In the HBO adaptation, that's the when when you crumple up the slip of paper with your name on it and decide not to enter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like they like there's like. It's almost like, it, from his perspective, he blinks and he sees different things of the opening of the cave. Like, at once there's nothing, then there's, like, blood, then there's a body, and there's nothing again. And then he looks at the, the sortition paper, just crumbles it up and just throws it aside before Drip just, like, picks it up and eats it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then takes a nap on the ground. Uh-huh. Drip's like, I'm gonna be governor! <laughs> <laughs> That's how this works, right? You eat the paper and then you're in charge. Drip thinks if you eat the if you eat the most votes, that's how democracy works. <laughs> no one's told Drip that they aren't votes. And then Aze spends the night sleeping, not like up in his lofted like bed, but on the ground in the hallucinatory terrain. Um, and that's how he spends his night before waking up the next day and groggily dragging himself over to the sortition, which because it's a new day. One quick re-roll. 
yet another benefic day. Every day is benefic for Aze, apparently. <laughs> it's always benefic and Grendel. The sequel <laughs> is always sunny and filled There we go. <laughs> we, got, we got a title. <laughs> we have a lot. This is a lot of stuff's happened. That's the animal show. That's what the animal show is called. <laughs> so uh, the spinoff is always benefic and Grendel. Uh, anyways, Aze, uh, like bleary eyed and look he just like he didn't sleep at all shows up in time for the sortition to start happening yeah so everyone's crowded in the big main room in the, the lodge probably there's uh snacks being passed around neelith did you cater oh of course what kind of uh what kind of snacks any uh fun puns to share with the group uh, not puns this time. I think that all of the food is like little pastries and things that have um that have people's names on. They're all little mock um sortition ballots, but as pastries. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this time all the names are put in the box, and then Very casts disenchant on the box just to make sure. Casts magic. No, thank you. Go away. <laughs> Uh, and I think Governor Gigi gives his final speech as governor, or maybe not, because he is adding his own name in there. Oh my god! <laughs> and he says, oh, I so want, I so want him to get to legitimately come back out. Uh huh. <laughs> and he says, "My fellow Grandellians, it's so wonderful to see you all on this bright, shining day, gathered together in a common purpose to better." The whole village. And then mid-sentence, Venta interrupts him and says, Get out with it! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well. uh, So everyone's names in here except for Slime and Aze. Is that that correct? Just want to make sure. Everyone, like, nods. Um, No thoughts, head empty. Perfect. Um, So this is a real role. I want to stress to the audience that uh, this campaign, these are real live decisions. We are really rolling with these punches. There's nothing scripted. Here is how this is going to work. Potter's one. Hale is two. Venta's three. uh, Varys four. Gigi's five. Shoko's six. Ruth is seven. Sun Moon Stars eight. uh, Farmer Applewhite nine. Marina ten. uh, Philippa eleven. Uh, Neelith 12, and I'm going to roll a d12. How does that sound? Sure. Oh, damn. Uh, uh-huh. You're just going to cut the episode out with me going, dang, I have to play that bartender centipede who loves feet now. <laughs> God damn it, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, no. Fucking, oh. I know who I'll, I, I already know who I'll play if we, uh, it, do the roll, let's uh, chill. Austin, you have like three <laughs> minutes to work out how Basil can escape. <laughs> Laura will be Basil and you'll play Neelith. No one is foot centipede. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is real. I'm going to hit this button. Here's the D12. Oh my god. Oh shit. Holy shit. Mm. I have to play the foot centipede. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Now remember, foot fetishes are a spectrum for the centipedes, so... I was following the pack, all swallowed in their coats With scars of red tied round their throats To keep their little heads from falling in the snow And I turned round and there you go And Michael, you would fall and turn the white snow red And strawberries in the 
summertime.